Blog Talk Radio. that we don't know about. It can't be all for us, can it? <laughs> it is. I'm telling oh you. Well, oh you know, it's a, new, it's a special New Year show, so we need, like, big applause. And and tonight it was a double applause for two special ladies because we're here tonight. We're doing the show ourselves. Frank is, I don't, know, I don't know, he's on vacation, and Julie's on vacation, separate vacations. But isn't it interesting <laughs> how this always happens? Why do they always go on vacation separately at the together? Same, at, right, exactly. At the same time, they're always going on vacation at the same days and weeks. I think they tell and, their significant others that that they're going on vacation or doing something with us, and they're actually going off with each other <laughs> with bed and breakfast. Oh, the truth is out now. Oh, no. See what happens well, when you're not here? We can talk about you and you can't <laughs> respond. Well, they're going to have a lot of explaining to do. The last time, I mean, I think Julie seemed quite um, quite, quite sort of like we've discovered her, you know, sort of like, oh, God, oh, no, you know, they figured it out. So I, I do believe we're on to something here, and hopefully next week when we have Frank and Julie back, we can get all the details of their steamy vacation together. Yes, I can't wait. <laughs> So tonight, um, we're here to answer all your questions on love, life, career, and whatever is on your mind. So give us a call at 646-381-4141. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Jean, Dr. Cirillo, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. You know, you, you guys didn't have any snow for the New Year. I can't believe it, but I know somebody went to the Poconos. They had to make snow. There was no snow. We took all the snow on the East Coast. I know. We had about an inch. That's about it. How many well, how many feet a, of snow did you have? Oh, we had we had like up to six, 12 to 16 inches, I would say, about at least a foot out here. And the the wind, oh, my God, the wind by me was terrible. So by you, it must have been, like, twice as bad. Yes, very bad. I mean, we had, like, wind gusts up to, you know, 45, 50 miles an hour and sustained, you know, wind for, I, I don't know, maybe 30 or 40 miles an hour. 
but it was horrible out here. How was it well, by you? It, it was a blizzard, but, you know, I was glad at first when I heard the wind because a lot of times it blows the snow around and it doesn't stick as much in one place. But I don't know, when I finally came outside, there certainly was a lot of snow in the streets and everywhere so that the wind factor didn't uh, blow a lot of it away. Wow. Did you work the next day? Uh, like on Monday? On Monday, no, no. Yesterday, I, I I did go out, but I didn't do very much, and I went out kind of late in the day. Uh, no, I I didn't have to work, and fortunately, there weren't a whole lot of people out, so it uh, worked nicely. Yeah, no, that is A lot is of good. things I guess... closed around here. Right, and plus, I, it's a slow week anyhow, because with a lot of people yeah. either being away or, you know, at least taking off from work. So I guess if we had to have a blizzard, you know, it was a good time. But, man, I, I, I wish we had a little bit more snow than what we had. I mean, we virtually had, <laughs> I you know, you a dust <laughs> I would have given, uh, given you hours for the dogs. I know. Send it out to the Poconos, guys. <laughs> We're waiting. I mean, even last year when they had all that snow down in the, the uh, um, you know, down in Maryland and D.C. and Delaware, and stuff when they were having, you know, in the mid-Atlantic states, the, you know, 10 feet of snow. We we got dustings here. We got an inch or two. We haven't had a, you know, very much snow up here in a while. I mean, we had a lot of... You see what Obama brought with him from Chicago? No, what did he bring? He brought the snow now that he moved from Chicago to Washington. All the snow came down to Washington. (laughs) That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, they yeah, like the kids can't imagine. They said, gee, in, in one Chicago, we, we would never get off from school because of the snow, but uh, now they're seeing what they saw back home. And I'll tell you, they haven't. I mean, when did D.C. ever have, they would maybe have one snowstorm every 10 years or something. Well, I mean, they have last an year. inch of snow, everything closes. So now it's, right. now it's hitting the capital. But it, it left us alone last year. If this is any... Uh, precursor of what's going to be happening for the rest of the winter. I don't like it. Well, if you figure it's going to be warming up this weekend, I mean, it's going to get up to like 50 degrees by Sunday, at least here, so it's going to be warmer by you. Yeah, yeah. I know. So I don't know. I don't know that we're going to have as bad of a winter as as they had last year. I just don't feel it. But but speaking, speaking of predictions. Yes. So let's let's talk a little bit about what's going on in your life because the last time we talked about some stuff here on the radio, I gave you some predictions and they did come true. Right, uh, what I told you, you're going to get a new publisher by the end of October, and on what yes. October 28th or 30th October or whatever it was. October 29th. Oh, 29th. <laughs> um, you got a publisher, and what is the status of the book? What's going on with that? Okay, well, I did six chapters, and I was supposed to get feedback, but the editor went on vacation, so I won't know until uh, January 3rd. So now I'm working on the second half of the book. Uh So I guess that's a good sign. The second half always is easier than the first half, for me anyway. And this is your second, this will be your second published book? Yes. Or or you have more? Well, I don't know. Right now, I don't have any more, uh, but who knows? You could tell probably better than I could, given the arguments I was giving you about this one. Right, this is true. I mean, right, you, you, 
Right. You, in your wildest dreams, did not think that there would be another publisher coming along. But I told you from the first time you told me that sto- you know that situation that you just didn't have the right publisher. Well, it's interesting because that. it's not the same book. This new publisher wanted a new book. However, they liked a lot of what I was integrating from my old ideas in the old book into this book. So it's going to be a combination, and uh, they actually want me to do uh, videos talking about a lot of the material, how brain chemistry affects feelings of love, and and that that, that idea really sparked them. So it's kind of like a, a an improved combination. But, yes, it did oh. provide an outlet for the old material. But this is wonderful. I mean, this is bigger. And I, I remember telling you, right here on the air, that this was going to be a best-selling book. I felt it. And when you're talking to me about it right now, I'm feeling it even stronger. I mean, now beyond just the book, I mean, the videos and or audio you know, series, whatever it is that you're doing, um, obviously is going to expand beyond just having a, a best-selling book, book. But I do feel it's going to be very successful for you. Um, so I, you know, I wish you a lot of luck with that. And the timing well, of that was absolutely you. perfect. Oh, well, I mean, yes, I definitely give you credit for that. I don't know how you did it because sometimes you say something that <laughs> is not even in a person's uh, thought at the time, and then something turns, there's a slight twist in the road, and before you know it, it, it goes exactly the way Lady Fontaine predicted. I know. It's amazing. Well, remember when we were um, on location filming um, the last time, so that was a couple weeks ago, and one of the other paranormal investigators was sitting at the table, and I said to her, um, who's, and I gave a name, and she looked at me, and then she, do you remember that? And she started to talk about that person and, you know, what it was. I mean, you were blown away by that, too. And she had never mentioned that person to me or anything like that. It was just inner energy, and I felt very strongly that that person was playing an important role in her life. So I don't, Somebody I don't know where her life while she was at her computer. Yes, yes, yes. Remember that? So I don't know where oh, it yeah. comes from. Just these things pop into my head. When we were doing auditions um, last week, a week ago, um, this one guy comes into audition, and I start <laughs> giving him a reading, you know. And actually, Dennis, our our director, um, had a camera, so he was filming the whole thing. Oh, it was just like all this stuff just started to come through on this person, you know. I was asking him about, you know, his father, his this, his grandfather. Um, you know, I was talking to him. You know, a, a wheelchair came in. You know, I said, "Oh my!" Our, our, he just came our, for an audition. He didn't know. Yes, what he and I said, for. "I'm sorry." I said, "I'm sorry that I'm ending up giving you a reading." And he was intrigued. I mean, he's gone to many psychics, so he was absolutely intrigued. And but there was someone I, in his life in a wheelchair. Somehow it all fit in. All these well, uh, well, objects. the way it. The way it was is that the person that I was picking up, um, you know, with, uh, and I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but I, I picked up somebody. He was not in a wheelchair, but he did tell me that he's had a fascination with wheelchairs since he was a child. And as soon oh. as I said it, it resonated with him. I mean, how many people have fascinations with wheelchairs? Really? But it was Maybe so in str- a past life he was in a wheelchair. Probably. Probably something like that. But it was so strong in his energy I had to I had to say it. And right away it it you know, he was able to connect the dots. I mean, he knew just what I was talking about. 
So I don't know where the information comes from, but when it comes, it comes. <laughs> so, very so, strange. So, so I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of what my feelings are for 2011. Yes. Um, do you want predictions for you, or, or Please, do you want to know? if you can. I don't like to ask for a reading because I know it takes some of your energy, and as somebody who works with you, I, I don't like to... Uh, to you know, to impose, let's just say. But if you want to give me one, or you feel something very strongly, please uh, feel free. Well, let me just sort of scan your energy and see what I come up with. But let me just say, any time, um, Doctor Jean, that you have any questions, feel free to ask them. Okay, um, I know you've left the door open. Oh uh, well, let me let me say. Uh, give me an area that you want me to hit on right now. I don't know. Hit on hit on the book and the media since you were so uh, accurate, and I still can't see how and where that's going to go. Well, I do feel, you know, the irony is I'm actually feeling um, either an opportunity, either there's going to be a lot of TV and or radio that's coming out of this for you. Um, could even be your own show um, geared around this this book um, and or video. And if it's not, you know, your own show, then it may be a mini series or it may be a documentary kind of thing or something like that that you do do. But it honestly feels to me that this, it always did, that it has the potential of being very, very big for you. I feel the exposure is going to be great for you. And I see new branches sort of stemming off of this opportunity, almost like um, doors that were closed for you in the past are going to open based on this exposure that you're getting with a new book. It feel, it always did feel big, and it feels bigger than life to me right now. It really does. Okay. And then, of course, you've got the other thing going on because you're, you're um, the, the staff psychologist for the team psychologist for our new TV show. So you've got that exposure, too. And I'm just feeling 2011 for you, Dr. Cirillo, is going to be um, all doors opening for you. So a lot of doors that I know have felt like they were closed are going yeah. to swing open big time for you. Ooh, well, well, well. Certainly I have great hopes for what we're doing in our team and our series, which will be, uh, I guess we can talk more about it next week. Uh, yep. But we are certainly looking forward to that. It's kind of all in different directions, but I like what you said about doors that have previously felt closed because there were some that previously felt closed. Yeah, and I do feel that they're going to be opening for you. I, I And, again, I don't know that – and I'll be curious to see what, what Sky McKenna says in her report for you this week – um, I don't know if astrologically any of this is going to align with what she says, but certainly it's in the energy around you, and I do feel 2011 is probably going to be one of the better years that you've ever experienced in your life. Now, I know astrologically I'm in store, supposedly, I'm in store for a year like that myself, um, right. and you and I are not the same signs, and you and I are not, you know, you're a, you're a um, Scorpio? And you're a Gemini, right? Right. Right. I know my practice uh, partner, and she's a Taurus, and we're opposite signs, and it always seems that when one of us is up, the other one is down. Oh, interesting. 
Amazing. I don't know the correlation. I don't know the correlation between Scorpio and Taurus. Are they really opposite, opposite. on the? Well, we're opposite on the wheel, or, or however. You oh, look okay. At it. And it does seem that as one as one block goes up, the others goes down. And it's interesting because one can pick up when the others down, the other one's up. <laughs> but in <laughs> a way, um, yeah. But in a way, that could be good because you can really balance each other really well. When, that's what I'm. When, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that 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 probably is the ideal kind of situation because if you are both down at the same time, that that stinks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that really does. That's got to be tough to work through. It really oh, it really is, does. Yeah. But but in any event, you'll have to keep us posted with what's what ends up happening with your book, um, and all these these new successes you that know I feel I do. Early edition. So when I want the early edition, I'll ask you. Well, um, and like I said, I'm here anytime you need to, you know, talk to me about this stuff. But I'm feeling great stuff for you this year. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, get some regular updates from you on the show and see how things are progressing for you. I do feel, I want to mention this, I do feel another book coming right at the heels of this book um, and again, this honestly feels to me it's going to open some big doors for you. And it's almost, and I'm not, I don't know if there could be a part two to this, but it feels technical rather than not technical. So is your book right now ending up being more technical than than you would have expected it to be? Uh, yeah, but I don't know how they're going to edit it, but some of the technical stuff is coming out. Yeah, more than, uh, entertaining i'm trying to balance the two mm. um i i kind of feel it's going to you know work well and mm-hmm. and maybe it'll end up being split into two books maybe there'll be sort of like a higher level book and then a more technical you know uh, version or something because it does feel to me that there's still going to be another um part to what you're working on right now and it feels very technical I could see that with the brain chemistry. A lot of the brain material just given by its nature isn't so much trade book or social material. It's uh, technical material, even though it's very interesting. Mm. Well, it'll. I can't wait to, you know, learn more about the book. I mean, how much can you talk about it? Probably not all that much yet. Well, it's on Amazon.com. The title, if anybody wants to go over and look, but there's no cover that's been developed. That's why I'm saying it's, it's half done. Uh, mm. They usually draw a cover ahead of time. It's called The Soulmate Myth, and it's Ooh. a three-step program, yeah, to overcoming uh, the myth and finding authentic love without settling. So, wow. yeah, again, any, you can, it's free to be pre-ordered, uh, but I, I can't wait till the cover is drawn because uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder what it's going to look like. I don't really have any input into that, and that's okay because I'm not the real artist. But once the cover is drawn, I'll, I'll really feel like I'll encourage people to go over there. Now there's wow. not that much except the title. Well, but that is so exciting, and um, you'll ha- you will have to keep us posted with this. And as soon as you could talk more about it, maybe we could do a show on it. As soon as it's actively being marketed, let's say my deadline this this is unnerving. My deadline is February first. 
A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, they, I, they are sticklers for the deadline, but not for giving me feedback or things that I need to meet mm. the deadline, <laughs> which isn't unusual in the publishing industry, especially now when all the houses have downsized because there's not a lot of money. They really overwork the editors. So I have a great editor, but she's got like uh, ten of me. Um, so yeah, yeah, you you know, but once, once my part of it is complete and the cover is drawn up and and they're editing and everything else, uh, then, then I will feel free to say, Hey, go out there and pre-order. Okay, good. And at that point, could we do a show or we have to wait until it's actually out? Oh no, I was told to between now and when it comes out to, do a lot of promotion in vlog oh. sense, but uh, also, you know, radio, verbal, anything to revamp my website, anything. So this would certainly be in the category of good promotion. Oh, good. I think that would make an absolutely fabulous show. So we'll plan it sometime after the new year. Um, and we can learn more about debunking the soulmate myths. Why not? <laughs> but phone lines are open, so please call 646-381-4141 to speak with me and Dr. Jean. Um, we're here to answer all your questions. Call 646-381-4141 to get expert advice on all that troubles you. And remember, if you don't get on the air tonight, please send your question to mailbag at ladyfontaine.com. Um, generally, uh, G- Dr. Jean and I select a few questions that we answer live here on the show, and basically that equates to getting a, really a free reading, so don't miss that incredible opportunity. Send us your questions now. Um, tonight, we're going to be taking calls shortly. Um, we're going to be doing a couple of mailbag questions after we have the Skywatch report So give us a call at 646-381-4141. The switchboard is lighting up. And it's now time for Sky McKenna's Skywatch Report. Remember to visit Sky at her website at skymckenna.com. Hello, everybody. This is Sky McKenna with my weekly Skywatch Energy Report. This is a review of the energies for the upcoming week. And if you miss any of this, you can re-listen each week in the archives, or you can go to my website, skymckenna.com, and click the link near the top of the page. You can also read the Energy Report on my blog. There's a link at the top of my website for that, too. So, we've got the wind in our backs. We're still holding on to our hats. Here's the week ahead in eight minutes or less. And this then is for the week beginning Sunday, December 26, 2010. Well, the very biggest news this week is that Mercury finally turns direct on Thursday, December 30th. And that means that the way is now clear for us to finally initiate any projects that we may have been holding back on. Though we might want to wait until after the new moon on January 4th to begin or make those purchases that we've wanted. And if we really, really want to be absolutely positively sure, we may even want to delay any new projects until Mercury clears its shadow on January 18th. And this Mercury retrograde period has been even more significant this time around because it was traveling with Pluto for quite a while and directly connected with the intense lunar eclipse that we just had this last week on the same day as the solstice. 
and of course with Mercury slowing down now to sit still in the sky before actually resuming his forward motion, really around the first week of January, this is the time to pay especially close attention to our communications, our computers, our vehicles, and to avoid starting major new projects if we can. And we should all really begin to see some forward motion in any plans or projects that may have seemed stalled to us, because those things will be getting a powerful new boost of energy in the next couple of weeks. So be ready to make the most of that. But because Mercury is slowing down in the sky, we're still going to want to take extra care when traveling. We want to back up our critical data, our computers, and make sure that we're saying exactly what we intend to say. And since this Mercury retrograde period has been in Capricorn, he's been encouraging us to be practical and to look at any outworn structures in our lives, especially since he's been connected to this intense lunar eclipse, and to be ready to replace them with new ideas and new structures that serve us better especially after he moves to forward motion on December 29th and then really gets some legs under him in that first week in January. Now this week I want to talk about how each sign will likely experience Mercury's return to direct motion and as always this will apply to your sun sign and ascendant rising sign if you know it. Aries, your career can finally move forward now. Look for possible reconfiguration, reassignment or a welcome adjustment in your professional life. Taurus, your whole world can expand now, and there's a wonderful opportunity for learning and even traveling that brings new awakening to you. Gemini, shared resources and joint income, taxes, even inheritances could bring new money or new opportunity to you through a partner, but consider all offers carefully. Cancer, connections and communications with partners can move ahead now. Be ready to allow a fresh start. Leo, look for your job, health, and daily routine to shoot forward now. Anything holding you back will be moved aside for you, and new doors can finally open. Virgo, romance, creativity, and pleasure can re-enter your life now. You may also find new avenues for what you do for fun. Libra, any issues with home and family are about to be resolved, and communications can brighten your life too. Scorpio, communications and travel can gratefully unsnarl and move forward, giving you some new inspiration. Sagittarius, money and finances can begin moving again, and a new source of income can knock on your door soon, too. Capricorn, watch the dust fall away from your personal life now. You'll have a whole new attitude and a whole lot of new ideas for your future. Aquarius, information that you've been waiting for can finally arrive. Your intuition will be razor sharp, too, so use it. Pisces, hopes and wishes can finally move forward, and friends or acquaintances can open some new doors for you. Well, that's a wrap for this week's edition of the Skywatch Energy Report. And remember, if you miss any of this, you can re-listen each week in the archives or visit my website, skymckenna.com, and the link is right there at the top of the page. And you'll also find a link to my new blog if you'd like to read the Energy Report. And remember, the animals still need your help. You can feed a homeless animal with just the click of the mouse. It's absolutely, positively, no questions asked free. In 2009, your clicks equaled 92 million bowls of food for homeless animals. So just go to theanimalrescuesite.com and click on the purple button that says, click here, it's free. Well, that's about it for this week. And remember, you never lose by loving, you always lose by holding back. So till next time, take good care, God bless, and namaste. Thank you, Sky McKenna. As always, what an amazing report. To learn more oh, about yeah. Sky, I mean, I love her her astrological reports. I really, really do. And then, you know, she has it all written out on her website in a blog. So if you ever miss the um, report and don't know how to listen to it again, you can go right to her website and hear it. 
Um, and you can visit Sky at her website at skymckenna.com or check out my show page here on Blog Talk Radio. There's a link that goes directly to her website. You can also listen to Sky live on the air on Monday mornings at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Achieve Radio. That's AchieveRadio.com. Tell Sky you heard about her here. Well, since Frank isn't here tonight, I'm going to do the mailbag questions of the day. We've got two questions from two gentlemen. So we're wow, going to, that's we're going to hear a, good. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to hear a, a, kind of like the opposing side. We usually hear the, the women's version of some of the dilemmas that are going on in their lives. Tonight we're hearing from the men. Dear Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean, I am a 37-year-old male, and I feel like I've reached the end of my rope. I consider myself attractive, but I always end up in relationships that end after four or five months. I think part of the problem is I come from a broken home and have never had the benefit of growing up with both parents in a loving relationship. I've had many girlfriends in my life and too many sexual relationships to mention. I am at a point in my life where I want to settle down and raise a family, but I can't seem to hold on to a relationship. However, I think I am also too impatient. When I meet someone new, I immediately fool myself into thinking that it's Ms. Wright and shower that person with affection, only to lose interest slowly over the course of several months. I end up breaking many hearts that way. I find that I'm constantly comparing the girl that I'm with um, to other women and then finding faults with them. I think I'm subconscious I think I subconsciously tell myself that I could find someone better and won't settle for second best. It's ruining every relationship that I have. I'm not getting any younger, so I wish that there was a magic pill that could change my way of thinking. Do you have any suggestions? Thank you, Sam in Louisiana. Um, Dr. Jean, from a psychological perspective, what's your take on this? Well, that's pretty much like what I'm writing about, women that are constantly looking for Mr. Right and being afraid of settling. However, it's even worse in this case for women because the choices get less as they get older. The men either die or uh, marry off, and the men can have kids forever. But this guy sounds like he wants to start a family, much like a woman, before he's uh into middle age. I know a lot of guys like him that even though they could have children up until they're 80 or 90, they they want they don't want to be young uh, old fathers. They want to be young fathers and be able to run around with the kids. And he doesn't brag about having sex with a lot of women, but he's so afraid that he's going to give himself to somebody who's not good enough. So maybe he has to redefine what Ms. Wright is. You know, I saw a website where they said that men will say, first they're looking for a wife who loves sex. Then they're looking for a wife who's also kind. Then they're looking for a wife who loves sports. And if she meets those three things, that that's it. Now, I don't quite agree. But, Nor uh, do he's I. Gotta see, <laughs> no, he's got to see what's really important. And uh, maybe some of the things that were important to him when he was 17 and 27 aren't so important at 37. I think it's time for him to reevaluate uh, the qualities of a, of a woman that he wants in a long-term relationship and for the possible mother of his children might be very different from qualities that he wanted in, in, in dates or sex 
uh, that was in a short-term relationship. Well, when you see um, a client or or hear of a situation like this where, uh, be it male or female, a man or a woman is comparing, you know, whoever they're dating to, um, I guess, ex-girlfriends or ex-boyfriends, uh, is that a sign of anything? Like from a spiritual or, or or from an energy standpoint, to me that ties into having a lot of, um, I kind of want to say, you know, unresolved things with, with certain people from your past. But from a psychological standpoint, what does that mean? Well, it, it means, I mean, first of all, he's lucky he has a lot of choices, but then I think he's struggling with the fact that, and he says it here, that since his parents divorced, he never really saw what a good wife or was or what a good husband does. Mm-hmm. And and he doesn't really have any set standards as to who's Miss Right, so he's looking outside instead of looking inside. Because people are lucky. If they grew up with, with a family that was intact and they say, I want to marry a girl that married a dear old dad, you know, just like mom, and he, he, he can't say that. So he's one step behind the eight ball to begin with, and now he's looking for some outside standards of what's really important and what isn't. And he's got to look deeper into the character structure of the person beyond the superficial. He can't look at what his parents did wrong, but he can look at what it is that he wants and someone that will be there for him through ups and downs and someone that's his equal as far as intelligence and that he can hold a good conversation with. You know, someone that you uh, want to spend a lot of time with, not just uh, eye candy on your own. That's very true. And you you brought up a couple of really outstanding points, and, and one real key key point from from a spiritual perspective and psychological perspective is what you said about looking external to himself rather than looking inward. And I feel when that's kind of what my take was on this when when you start, you know, going from woman to woman and woman to woman and can't really find that good fit for you, um to me that's indicative that there's stuff within yourself that you need to you know work through and sort of fill within yourself before you start trying to fill it with someone else um you know for for my coaching clients i always say imagine you know a round circle and then cut out a pie shaped piece and you know if if he's trying to stuff in all these women into that pie shaped piece He's never going to be happy. He's never going to find what he's what he thinks he's looking for, because in reality, what he's looking for is within himself. So exactly, so, and he, you're lucky when you chose your parents well. Then you have a model that's already grown up with you. But mm-hmm. when you don't have that, and you're seeking it all around. Uh, you get all sorts of different advice from friends, family. Uh, People like us, uh, magazines, books, and and you don't know the internet. You don't know where to turn. Well, one thing that I pick up psychically in in Sam's energy is a lot of unresolved stuff with with his family environment. I feel um, what I kind of want to say. Um, uh, I, I, I want to say a controlling dad, you know, a very, but I, maybe I don't want to say that. What I what I want to say is a very strong and forceful 
and opinionated. I think that's a better word. Um, father image here. And I do feel um, with his mom, it was almost like um, where he was resentful, he meaning Sam was resentful, that his mom wasn't able to sort of stand up for herself in a way. So I kind of feel that there's some deep emotional scars from his childhood that also need to be worked on and, and sort of resolved before he can move forward. But honestly, when I scan Sam's energy, I know he said that he's um, dated a lot of women for, you know, four or five months or whatever. I haven't found in, in scanning his energy the, you know, the real Ms. Wright for him yet. I really, really haven't. My gut feeling is, um, especially assuming that he works through some of these issues that we're talking about, um, you know, in the next, you know, couple of months or, you know, year or whatever, the potential of him meeting the right woman, I feel, is, you know, right around the corner. It feels close. It doesn't feel like tomorrow, but it does feel within the next, I would say, six to nine months, perhaps up to one year. But I do feel somebody coming into his life um, that I feel is a really, really good fit for him. The one thing I wanted to ask you, Dr. Cirillo, is he, he, he said that in his letter to us that um, when he first meets somebody, he thinks it's the right person and he ends up, you know, being generous and, you know, doing all this stuff, you know, uh, you know showering that person with affection and everything. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, is there any suggestion you can give him, I mean, about pacing it in a different way? Well, that's what young guys usually do. They kind of give a girl a rush, and then they get past it and they move away. And it's not appropriate for him to do that now, even if it worked when he was younger. I think he's probably doing too much at the beginning. And the bad thing about that is when you give too much, you're so anxious to be liked by the person and to impress the person, it's like you're on your best behavior plus. And then you can only go down. And the person is disappointed because now you're not with them constantly. You want to spend some time watching television. You want to spend some time with friends. And the girl would naturally feel like, gee, is he moving away? He doesn't love me anymore. He doesn't do what he used to do. Right. So you'd right. be better off if you started off giving a little less and then work up into giving more as the relationship deepens rather than giving a lot at the beginning, and then it gets shallower and shallower as you move away. But and uh, even in addition to that, I mean, that's that's great, uh, you know, and, that, and, and that's very intuitive advice. But even in addition to that, just to have that, you know, build up, that slow build up of anticipation and really pacing it in a different way really, to me, sort of locks it in and, and sort of helps yeah. build a stronger foundation. Because when you go from zero to 60 in, you know, three days, um, you don't build that foundation. It's all lust and all this other kind of stuff. And you don't really know the person that you're with. Right, exactly. That's why the slower build up and, and really pacing it, I feel, really locks it in for the lo for the long term. So hopefully Sam will you know, um, incorporate some of the things that we've talked about tonight, you know, and I do hope that, you know, he at least leaves, him, leaves himself open. And if, if minimally, if he gets one thing from this question or the, our response to the question, 
is if he can learn to pace things slower. I feel in the long run it's going to work better for him. But well, that's all right, but he can change immediately behavioral. Right. So exactly. And then hopefully he'll work on some of this other stuff and and. You know, even if it's reading certain books or reading, you know, Dr. Cirillo's book when it comes out, things that will will obviously help, um, you know, steer you in the right direction. So hopefully, Sam, you'll keep us posted and let us know how things turn out. But we have another really interesting question, and then we're gonna then we're gonna start taking some calls because we have a bunch of people in queue waiting for us. All right, um, dear Lady Fontaine and Dr. Jean, a couple. Now, this is a really interesting question. I don't think we've ever had one quite like this before. A couple of weeks ago, I caught my wife secretly seeing the guy in the apartment down the hall, although she claims they had not had sex yet. My wife and I have been absolute soulmates for six years. This hurt me a lot, and I sent her packing, and I'm now about to initiate a divorce. Her reasons were that I did not care, comfort her enough through a difficult period, and the guy next door did. Trust me, no one, family, friends, lawyer, really believes that story, as I have always been very kind and affectionate. I've always been a very kind and affectionate husband. My wife suffers from ME, and I literally nursed her at times. Do you know what that is, ME? Actually, no, I don't. I thought he first said me, but I realize it's not that. But multiple, well, multiple, MS is multiple. Yeah, I, right. I didn't know what that was, so I thought maybe you, know, you would know now? what that was. I don't know what it is. but um, You know, let me check goes, it. I'm going to Google it. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> you his talk, letter goes on, Okay, his letter goes on to say, her other reason is that I privately view pornography and masturbate and she feels she cannot compete. Yet our sexual activity has never suffered. She will admit to that. And I confessed my handicap to her to her early on in the marriage once I realized that being married was not going to put a stop to it either. I have always kept it to myself, and she's been happy not to discuss it. Yet, suddenly, it's a reason to see another guy. I am utterly confused. I have to repeat we were inseparable soulmates. What hurts me the most is that there are a zillion different things she could have done to help her cope through a difficult period. She did the one thing that killed our, our precious friendship. I long to take her back, yet I doubt she'll ever accept my problem. Also, I surely will never be able to trust her again. Do you think it's worth trying for a reconciliation? And it's signed, thanks, heartbroken, from the Southwest. And fortunately, Heartbroken did send me the real names of all involved here, so I was able to pick things up. But um, Dr. Cirillo, are you back? Yes, I am. No, I never had to leave. I've got a BlackBerry in my hand, and all I'm getting is uh, just me. So I'm going to try a Yahoo search. But, uh, okay. I'm, I'm yeah, curious, I don't know. But... I, I didn't know if that was like a... Uh, an illness, or I really didn't know what it was. Um, yeah, he that's said what that I literally that he's literally nursed her at times. But let me let me let me say this to heartbroken. Um, first, um, you know, and we can't really tell you if it's worth trying for reconciliation. That's where free choice comes in, and you know that's not our place to make that choice for you. 
But one thing I do want to say is, to me, psychically, it does not feel like you're ready to walk away from this, and it does not feel to me that you guys have fully run your course. So what I would highly suggest, and when, when Dr. Jean is, you know, has a minute, maybe she could elaborate on this a little bit, but what I would highly suggest before you walk away is go see a therapist or counselor and see if you guys could work through it. Um, I'm, not, I'm really feeling this whole bit about, you know, you, you viewing pornography and, 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 you know, masturbation and all this other kind of stuff. To me, it feels like a cop-out. Um, I'm not saying it's not an issue for her, um, but, you know, it's sort of like, I, and I think he said it in his letter here that, you know, it, he never hid it from her. Um, and they, according to him, anyhow, you know, he's indicating that they have a good sex life. And I, honestly, I feel a very strong bond between the two of them. So my gut feeling is the two of them haven't fully run their course. I feel he's going to have regrets if he walks away without at least trying. Um, I know trust is a really hard thing when you lose that trust to be able to rebuild a relationship. But, you know, my gut feeling is at least go through the, you know, the, the steps and see if there's a way to rebuild this relationship. And if there isn't, then, you know, walk away. But I feel at that point he's going to be happier with his decision to, to walk away and end it. To me, it feels an FG a little premature. What do you think, Dr. Jean? Well, it's personal. ME is chronic fatigue syndrome. Oh, organizations okay. and everything for it. But yeah, it does. It it does affect uh, somebody. It does affect their relationships. Uh, you know, I'm disturbed when he said they were absolute soulmates. There's so much that they really don't know about each other. If he didn't know that she had a problem and that he wasn't she didn't see him as being supportive enough or the guy next door was being supportive. Where was he while she was talking to the guy next door? And, and you know, how would he not be aware of this when it's somebody next door or down the hall? And the other thing is uh, how, how would she, if they have such a great sex life and their soulmates usually do, people who say they're soulmates, then why would he uh, watch pornography and masturbate secretly, why wouldn't she somehow be involved in, in either enjoying the same activities with him? What is it he wants to do or see that, that she's against? You know, this I mean these are major issues. So so when somebody has I mean pornography's a big problem, let's face it. You know, I mean, especially with the internet. I mean, you know, prior a lot of to couples the watch it together, though, or they go on alternate sites together. There's nothing wrong uh, with that. Okay. Um, so, so, but uh, can a relationship be successful if one of the partners, um, you know, is into pornography and one isn't, or is that, that right one away? Is into the guy down the hall. Well, that's a problem, without a doubt. But see, <laughs> I'm feeling, I'm feeling um, that. You know, I, I mean, I, I I hear what you're saying. I mean, in, in the letter that he wrote us, the email that he wrote us, absolute soulmates, inseparable soulmates. It's, you know, bolded. It's in capital. So, I mean, it's a very, very strong um, emotion that he feels about what their relationship was. And I do feel that they had a decent relationship, but I do feel 
um, that she felt extremely alone and alienated, and she was getting more and more resentful of the time that he was spending, you know, viewing the pornography. I don't feel she gets it at all. She really, really doesn't, yeah. and I feel in a lot of ways she feels, um, I you know, like get it either that somebody had to sit by himself and do that, and right. instead of somehow involving me, if if I'm married to the person. Well, is that, though, I mean, are, are we talking about this being a, um, some sort of sexual addiction here or what? I mean, we, we've had shows on this where we've talked about. Be. Yeah, it's, it's like something he has to do to get himself going. Mm. But what their relationship is, aside from the pornography or, or her spending a lot of time with the neighbor, um, it, it, this may have started that when he was watching the pornography, she would go to, go to talk to the neighbors. <laughs> whatever it is because she resented him locking himself in a room alone. I, I mean, I know somebody who does that when, when the husband goes down in the basement and plays with toy trains. They I mean, go to their neighbors? Like, they go to yeah, their well, neighbors? Yeah, she goes to her neighbor's husband and wife and sits with them because oh, she's tired oh, I see. having okay. you know, to sit upstairs by herself while he's down in the basement playing with his toys. Mm. And I guess that this is a very, very good thing for couples to hear and see that, you know, sometimes having, you know, and I'm not saying having separate interests is a bad thing because I don't feel it's a bad thing. I feel it's a very, very good thing. But to the extent that it, you know, when you come home from work and you run down to the basement to play with your trains or you run up to your bedroom to you know, watch pornography when you should be working on your, you know, developing your relationship, discussing um, things with your with your soulmate or your partner, um, really does affect the relationships long term. I mean, how often, you know, is the man sitting there or the woman sitting there watching TV or football or baseball or something like that and the, the other partner's in the kitchen, you know, cooking or sewing or, you know, reading or something like that. And what ultimately happens? They grow apart. So how do you end up having a healthy relationship? What's the key, Dr. Cirillo? Well, I mean, first of all, uh, they've got to find things. That if they want to save the relationship, they have to find things that they enjoy doing together, mm. like a new favorite restaurant or or something that they can watch together, uh, something that they can both do that that isn't uh, pulling them apart. Because obviously, if there are problems in the relationship, you're running away to escape the problems, and and it's more pleasant than being with the person and and having to talk about what's bothering you. But you've got to find out what's the nature of the pornography that he's getting from that, and what's the nature of the guy next door that. Uh, She's all right. She's saying the guy listened to her. Uh, maybe she feels her husband's avoiding her. But I think there are other issues underneath the surface that that this is just popping out now that they're doing things to kind of get each other's attention, or she was trying to get his attention with this. But it's interesting that he right away assumed the worst and told her to go packing when she's the soulmate. Right. That one I find, you know, mind-blowing, and I really don't feel in his energy that that's what he wants to do. I feel that's ego and what he feels is the right thing to do, but I feel it's going to 
really backfire on him. I think yeah, he should, right I think feel they should help. Right. I feel they should slow down and really look at the situation. And if they exhaust all options and they and he can't get the trust back and she can't get, you know, the the whatever she needs out of the relationship back, then they should walk. But, you know, to walk right now to me it just doesn't have the feel that they're ready to do that. And I feel it's going to end up being an unresolved issue that they're going to end up having more and more resentments over. So I just feel that they he, that he's going a little bit too fast in, in exiting this relationship, and especially, indeed, if it is your true soulmate. You know, sometimes you do have to cut somebody a break or work through whatever issues, um, you know, were causing them to do you know to do this but i find i really found it interesting that he did say in his letter that um i'm just trying to find it um where he says i long to take her back yet yet i doubt that she will accept my problem um you know i and i i see i don't really see it as a problem i just see it as um a I don't know. The problem doesn't feel like the right word. It's, it's to me, it's like a separation of, you know, where they're not connecting, you know. And you brought yeah, up some yeah. good points. Compartmentalization you know. of something in his mm-hmm. life that that he has to go off and do by himself. Some unresolved right, issues, right. maybe within his own life. No, that's true. And and like you say, you know, if there was a way to incorporate her into that. Um, and, you know, in a healthy way where they're both agreeable to it, it might, you know, shift things and work out well. But um, I do hope heart, Heartbroken thinks about, you know, here's our response and does give this some thought, and I hope that he takes a step backwards and perhaps um, gives it a shot and, and tries to get a little, you know, get some help or guidance before he walks away because, honestly, Heartbroken, I don't feel you're ready to walk. I really, really don't. And I know in your heart of hearts you could feel it too, and that's why you wrote us the letter. I mean, so so go talk to somebody. I feel she will be willing to talk. Um, if if indeed you guys end up walking away, you know, that's free will. I mean, maybe that is the right choice down the road, but I don't feel either one of you are there yet. So thank you both for your questions, Sam and Heartbroken. They were great questions. I mean, I don't think we've had questions quite like this before. Do you, Dr. Jean? No, no, I wish more guys would send us more questions. I know. It's really like, you know, an insight into, you know, the male mind because we usually get female perspectives here on the show. But keep in touch, um, both Sam and Heartbroken, and let us know how things work out. And just a reminder to all all of you to send your questions to mailbag at ladyfontaine.com. Dr. Jean and I do select a couple questions each week to answer live here on the show. And just a reminder, the phone lines are open, so please give us a call at 646-381-4141. All right, Um, we have a bunch of callers that have been extremely patient waiting for us. And Paula? Yes. Hello. Hi. Hi, It's so nice to have you on the air. (laughs) It's nice to be here. Yay, and we know you weren't feeling well, so we appreciate you being here tonight and helping us out. But can you tell us who our first caller is? Yes, 
Her name is Kathy, and she wants to know what is up with the guy that she loves. Okay. Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Hi. How are y'all? Good, good. So tell us a little bit about what's going on, and if you don't mind, could you give us um, his first name? His name is Sean. Sean, okay. And just give us a little bit of an idea of what's going on. Well, we were together for two years, and my own insecurities are what broke us apart. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he, he talked to him, you know, all day long, last thing at night, first thing in the morning, but I still, I didn't trust him, and that's what broke us apart. That was mm-hmm. about eight months ago, and we've talked mm-hmm. a couple of times just recently. Mm-hmm. So what, your, just, what is your... What's your question, really? Is it, are you guys going to be, you know, reconciling? And yeah. um, how yeah. is it going to end up, you know, playing out? All right. Let me just see what I pick up here. All right. A couple things are jumping out at me. And it's interesting because so if you were listening to the our response on the last um, mailbag question, I felt a lot of unresolved issues. And I, I actually feel the same thing with you you and Sean. It feels to me there's a lot of unresolved issues between the two of you. And I honestly feel regardless of, you know, your insecurities or, or why you guys split, um, it doesn't feel to me that either one of you really – it almost feels to me that, again, it was like an ego kind of thing that, you know, you split for all the wrong reasons. So I do uh-huh. feel some some level of – um sincerity and his energy as far as um sort of moving back towards you and and exploring things so i have to say it feels very slow it feels very infrequent and it doesn't feel like it's got a lot of momentum built up yet so are are you guys just talking on a very infrequent basis and yes. not really yes. not really getting to the heart of the matter because it doesn't feel right. like he's stepping forward and saying, you know, gee, I think we made a mistake or, um, you know, I can't stop thinking about you or anything like that. It's sort of like spinning his wheels and going nowhere is what it really feels like. Yeah, it, right now it's just very superficial, you know, how are you doing, What you know, how are things, and you know. But it kind well, of feels like want- be with you. It Go sounds ahead. like he didn't have freedom. You know, when you said you didn't trust him, did you have reason not to trust him? Not him. But yes. other people somehow, you're, yes. you're in, in general, yes. you're not a trusting person. Yes. Yes. Okay, and he, and he found that was a bit smothering or that he didn't like being... Uh, you know, called on the carpet for no reason. So you see that there is some love and attention coming from him, but he backs away when when you uh, cross-examine or, or don't trust him or you might have had a bad experience, but uh, he doesn't fit that category. So would you be able to trust him now? Have you changed? What's different about you? I think I have, you know. I mean, I I can't stop thinking about him. I, uh, you know, I've I've done a lot of soul searching, and you know, I don't want to let him go. <laughs> <laughs> 
understandable. Right. Yeah. And let me let me just jump in from a from a psychic perspective, and then I'm going to let you finish responding. Um, I as soon as you said that, Kathy, about not wanting to let him go. I kind of, even though he's not showing you that, I kind of feel the same energy in him. But he feels to me to be at a loss of words. You know, it feels to me that he's, you know, shuffling his feet and really not not doing anything. But just having that reconnection with you feels to me to be, in his mind, something grandiose uh-huh. in a way. You know, it feels like... Uh, you know, we're we're taking a step in the right direction, but it's. Uh-huh. I feel it's going to take a while, and I feel your best approach with him is no approach. Don't push it. Don't encourage it. Don't anything it. Just sit back uh-huh. and and allow it to evolve. Because the more you push, I feel the more it's going to confuse him, and the more he's going to not be able to sort of orchestrate a you know a real response to you and i don't want you telling him that you care and i don't want you telling him any anything about the past don't talk about the past stay in the present and don't make any commitments or promises to him at all let him Uh he's got to have that that freedom to be able to step forward because the more you hold on to the past to me it feels like the more he's not going to be able to move forward Right. Well, no, I know that because if whenever I pushed him before, he would back away. You know. Mm-hmm. So, so give it time. I'm not going to make any promises to you that you know by January 5th or 10th or something like that that you know everything is going to be you know right. um, do a 180 and everything's going to magically be better. It doesn't have that feel at all, but it does uh-huh. have a feel of a slow building process, I am feeling by June of 2011, things are going to be a heck of a lot better. So it feels to me at least six months to get this uh-huh. back on track. Okay. But the the more you can sort of take a back seat and not do anything, the more likely things are going to unfold for you. Okay. All right, Dr. Dr. Sure. Jean? Yeah. Any, yeah, any other? yeah. It, it seems like as soon as you try to hold him, we talked, uh, I think, last week about you have some water in your hand and you try to hold it. And and if you just leave your hand open, the water will stay there. But what happens if you squeeze it and you make a fist and try to hold it real tight? Right, right. The water falls all through your fingers. So right think, of him, think of him reacting that way. That uh, He's already told you that that was the thing that would push him away. Right. So right. at least you know that, and, and if you want to keep them close to you, you keep your best grip by letting go. Right. So you're going right. to do no, that I, for the I, new I year, right? That. Yeah. I'm sorry. All right. Well, she said no, you're I'm going sorry. to do what that for the say? new year. She said you're going to do yes. that for the new year. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right, good. Well, keep us posted. Uh, if you can, you know, sort of put it on the back burner and let it evolve, it's got a much better potential of of working okay. out for you. All right? Keep us posted. June is going to be your 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 happy, you know, sort of like reuniting period with, with him. Okay. All, All right. right? That sounds good. All, All right. right. Good you. luck to you. Take care. All right. And happy new year. You too. Thanks. All right. Bye.
All right, Paula. Yes. <clears throat> Our next caller is Venera, and she just finished her, or she's finishing her PhD, and she's looking for work, and she's wondering when she will be fully employed. Okay. Hi, right. Venera. Hello. What are you getting your PhD in? It's a research uh, on social work. Oh, it's like a DSW kind of? No, it's PhD. Very PhD. research. Yeah, Whoa. very, very researchy. Ooh, and I I feel research for you. I mean it aligns beautifully with your energy. I, I I'm I'm excited about this for you. Um so are you currently working at all? Because I feel you being so busy. Well, I am huh. I am uh doing my dissertation finishing the last part uh, and trying to find jobs. And I just picked up this little part time thing with a restaurant business. I'm just like pretty much a waitress. And okay. um and I'm looking and I'm flexible hours to work on your dissertation. So yes, that's because I'm almost done. Yeah. I'm hoping to be finishing my dissertation in a month or two. I mean mm-hmm. in probably two weeks and then wait for the rest of the committee's approval, you know how it goes. And so, um, but um, I am. I would really like to start to work before September, which is when most of the schools hire, because I have also applied for academic positions. And so, uh, yeah, I was just wondering uh, first. First of all, if you see something coming up my way sooner, and also, yes, I understand. I probably I like research, especially in, in uh, social work topics. I love that. But um, and I also was thinking of becoming an assistant professor. But there's so much politics, and I like everything about it, but not the politics. It really, mm-hmm. it's just extremely stressful for me. Um, I always lose for some reason. Not to be negative, but it's just <laughs> real, real. It's hard to win. It, it's very, very hard to win with that. Um, let, let me say to you that I'm feeling a lot of activity around and a lot of opportunities sort of presenting themselves to you long before September. It actually feels to me March, April time frame, um, multiple, multiple opportunities are going to be um, kind of presenting themselves to you. Neither of them, to be honest, neither of them feel to me to be, ah, this is it for you, but it certainly has the feel of, um, being exciting potentials for you. Um, so it kind of feels to me to be a stepping stone that could lead you to something bigger and better. Um, I'm feeling a phenomenal opportunity that really feels aligned with your energy by the very, very latest, by the beginning of August of 2011. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. Um, that's perfect. That's that's pretty good. And do you think that that will be in a university, like an assistant professor? Can you tell that, or just a company? Um, to, honestly, it does not feel like uh, a professor position to me. Mm-hmm. It it feels, um, and I know it's not what you want to hear, but it does feel more research oriented. As soon as I heard your voice, to me, research was so well aligned with you. Mm-hmm. Tremendously. That's great. What about public policy and government or something like that? That isn't that usually where that type of degree would uh, lead you to something that is semi-political anyway. Well, you know what? This this degree that I'm having does not really lead 
to that at all. I have an MPA, an MSW, and another MA in political science. I did not need this PhD at all whatsoever <laughs> if I wow. wanted to do like other other than assistant professorship or just more like research, like positions in think tanks, etc. Um, and I only took the third master's, the MSW and PhD, because I was told to do so. And I am a little bit disappointed because of all the politics and unfairness and, and stuff that have happened in my school. So, um, so you know, sometimes I feel like maybe it was a mistake that I've done the PhD here in social work and in this school because I could have had, like you're saying, a job in government because I was working in government before and I could have been advanced at a very, very high level by this point. I would think so, yeah. Yeah, because my friends have done it, you know, and I was working just as well as them. Like, they're now assistant commissioners. I was a deputy director. By now, I would have been uh, yeah, assistant commissioner. Yeah, especially with all those degrees in, in, in related areas, you would yeah. be perfectly credentialed, so why not uh, head toward but, that road? Yeah, because I see, I just, I think that I, I really, my heart, like like um, you, like Dr. Jing was saying, my heart is really, I think, in research. Um, okay. It's in, but uh, also, I also need to make a difference, you know. I like making mm-hmm. a difference in people's lives. Mm-hmm. I love I love that. I love helping people, but I also like, you know, in a way to write and being a part of of a team, you know? I love active research where I'm a part of the team where everybody does something because then I can get lost if I'm on my own and I will not do anything but work and it's just not really healthy. So, um, and in the school that I am, it's just so much politics. I was very secluded and, oh, just because I spoke up. So that's why I think that maybe university setting will probably not be very good for me because mm-hmm. I just, I just, uh, I'm always, I always lose even though I work day and night because I speak up. I don't like injustices. When somebody promises me something, I think it's good to keep for them to keep their promise because my hopes are high, and when they don't, I get extremely disappointed, and I don't want to work for them anymore. So that yeah. doesn't work in, in academia. I think in academia, in many situations, you have to shut up, and you have to take take it, take a lot of abuse until you get tenured, you know, and then you might get some kind of a voice, or you might not get any voice at all, and it's just very disappointing. So... Well, without a doubt. I mean, it, this is where free choice comes in. I mean, you know, you you know what's best for you. Um, I feel you're going to do better outside of, you know, being a professor and outside of working for a university. It just has that feel to me from the get-go, from the second we started to talk, that you're going to have other opportunities. But you're going to be presented with a bunch of stuff, and I do feel the opportunities that are coming forward in the March April time frame for you mm-hmm. um could be could be related to, you know, um academia in some way, shape or form. I don't feel that's where you're gonna end up, but I do feel you're gonna have more than one opportunity present itself to you. Because I do have interviews, I think, one mm-hmm. right now at the University of UNC Chapel Hill, which is a nice place. But um I don't I honestly don't think I'm gonna get that because I'm sure they're interviewing so many other people, and mm-hmm. I'm qualified, but I know that there's politics and all that stuff. So, And then I'm waiting to hear from some others from university. But I also apply to a lot of companies like McKinsey for consulting, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of other consulting companies. And then just I'm going to start now in, uh, access, uh, uh, applying to re- think tanks 
and some other researchy things. So we'll yeah, talk. the good thing about being a consultant is that you don't have to be with that same group politically. So even if there is politics, it's easier to deal with it when you see the people for a few hours a week than when you sit with them constantly day after day. Yeah, really and, and I agree. And I yeah, and I would love to be a consultant. You know, to work with these companies, like consulting companies, I would really, really love that for a while. You know, for years. Well, year. you may have you you definitely may have that opportunity because I feel the private sector is going to be more prof, more promising for you than working in academia. So. Uh, I, I'm not the slightest bit concerned about opportunities for you. Honestly, think tank, to me, feels very aligned with your energy. Um, okay. Branched out of that, you can definitely um, get, if it's not, you know, day one, it definitely feels to me the potential of being a consultant is certainly in your future for you. That sounds perfect. Sounds very uplifting. <laughs> Well, keep us posted. Let us know how Thank things you. turn out. And Thank ver- you very, very much. And, and have a happy new year. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Paula. Yes. Um, our next caller is Sophie, and she wants to know if 2011 will bring a romance for her. Okay. Sophie. Hi, I'm speaking to the love Hi. lady. <laughs> yes, how are Hi, you? Hi, ladies. <laughs> I'm well, thank you. Nice show. Nice. Yeah, thank I like you. the advice. Thank you. My daughter's a psychologist. Sounds like advice she would give. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we've got a lot of people in my uh, field, or related field, tonight listening. Yep. So you want to know about love for you in 2011. Mhm. What right, do you see? Just, just scanning your energy because I'm feeling um, still trying to sort through what's going on in your life right now before I could actually even move move forward with things. Um, let me let me say this: that I'm actually feeling two men around you, and I'm sort of trying to figure out if one is not in your life right now and it almost be, honestly it almost feels like an ex-husband. So do you have an ex-husband or an ex very serious relationship um, person? Um yes, I do have an ex um serious relationship person um and I it would not be the ex-husband. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> okay. Um I what I want to say is I feel kind of like unresolved stuff, um, and I I just feel um, a very strong something still there. I, uh, is this somebody yes. that you're still in contact with and and yes. almost trying to work things out, it, it almost feels to me. Um, and if you're not, the potential to work things out is certainly there. Um, okay. Um, I, it would just, mean that, somebody taking a trip to somebody. Okay, but that very likely could happen because to me, I, I couldn't even look forward it, because this was pulling me. You know, okay. it, it, it was almost like before we could talk about what what else might be in store for you for 2011 or beyond. It almost feels to me that this piece has to be resolved with you, either, and it may be that ultimately you let go of this relationship, but until either you explore it, re-explore it, or let it go, 
um, it's going to be hard to be able to move forward. You have to get closure on this, as we would say in uh, psychology. Uh, right. It's. I think that this is someone um, who will always have a special place in my life, mm-hmm. and I don't think that that. But we have two people on two different continents, and so. Uh, but this bond is a very long, long time. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, even to the point of dreaming and having those dreams actually play out between us. So um, uh, the the question would be, you know, who's going to go to what side of the con? Who's going to go to whose continent? You know, who's going to fly to who? Well, that is a good question, and I'm feeling the energy to see who, because it almost feels to me that you both, at times, have explored it. Um, you know, I, I'm feeling a great likelihood that it can be you, but I'm feeling let, – let me put it to you like this. I do feel the opportunity is going to come up. Um, I do feel you're going to be ready, willing, and able to do it, but it feels to me in the end he's going to come to you. Okay. But I do feel you talking about it, you thinking about it, you even starting to plan it. So it feels yes. to me that all along you're going to be the one that is – taking the steps, but in the end, it does feel to me that, you know, right now I'm going to say just marginally um, stronger feel to to me that he will take those steps to come here, but, um, you know, it's still, you know, maybe 60-40 that he will end up coming here. Okay. I had a dream that he came here, though I am planning a trip overseas um next year um and it i don't want to go when it's too touristy so i'll probably put it at the ends of the tourist season because mm-hmm. i'm in school so that's um and it, probably when i go i want to have time to stay and and relax and enjoy myself so um and i'm learning another language so i'm going to a country where i can practice my language so oh, that it's is something you're good. you're right i have been planning to go that way and then say i'm going to be here and it'll be a lot closer for you to come but i do know that there is a possibility he could come here i've dreamt him coming here i've dreamt of but him being in san francisco coming here to live or coming here to visit to visit to visit well, I mean, he's, he's lived here before what was that? Gene, what did he live here before? Yeah, he li- he lived here for like he was in the states for six months on a visa. Okay, but there's no chance of a permanent uh, relocation in your case or in his case. This is always going to be long distance on visits. Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, he wanted to stay before, so I don't know that. Um, I think that, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. I mean, I think it wouldn't be impossible if we decided to be together. I mean, I agree with that. Right, I do agree with that. And I want to say what you had talked about before with you planning this trip and then you letting him know that you're going to be so-and-so and it would be a shorter trip for him to take feels so right as if that's ultimately how it's going to play out. Because okay. I felt you so strongly being involved with planning a trip. I mean, could he still come here? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, it, it almost comes through without a doubt. 
but that first initial meeting, because it's so felt that you both were going to be planning and you both were going to be traveling and you both were going to be talking about it, that, you know, you, now understanding that you're going to be going somewhere there and let them know, um, I feel he will meet you there. And, you know, the potential is just there for it to, you know, um, take off or retake off. And really, honestly, in energy, it feels to me, if if indeed you guys do see each other and if indeed you guys do make an attempt to, um, you know, work on the relationship, I really feel it has, you know, I'm going to say right now 80 to 90% potential of turning into long-term committed relationship. It feels to me this is the time for the both of you. Okay. So to, it, uh, maybe there's something very uh, right about 2011. For Without a doubt, 2011 is going to play out a heck of a lot different for you and him than any previous attempt at this relationship. Okay. And you saw two men because there is someone else that has a crush on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Let me just swing over to that. What's that person's first name? Um, Guillaume. Um, his energy comes through as actually a really nice guy and a, and a, and a, and a, and a sweetheart, a truly, true, true sweetheart. Um, you know, he's a nice guy. You know, this is where free choice comes in. Um, I feel it's different. It feels more playful. It feels more fun in a way. With with this guy um, who lives at a far, it feels more serious. It feels more deep. It feels more um, just, I don't know, intense, I guess, is the, the only word I could think of. Um, so it's totally different energy, but either one, you know, for you feels like it's it's it, it would be certainly interesting. Um, this guy who's got a crush on you doesn't, it's not showing itself to me right now as being, oh, he's the one for you, but I definitely feel if you do choose to get to know him and spend time with him, you're going to enjoy this guy a lot. Okay. All right, because right now uh, he seems to be a little shy around me, so it's a little bit hard to get a read sometimes with him. Maybe he senses that you you have a serious interest somewhere else. Yeah, well, he's younger than me, so that's kind of come up. But they're both younger than me. So I, I, I don't ask me why. I don't know. I was not what I was shopping for. <laughs> it's not what I was shopping for. You were what they were shopping for, though. So that's a compliment. <laughs> Thank you. I, you know, but there, but um, there's something very soulful about both of them, and 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 so that really draws my attention. There's something very mm-hmm. soulful, and they both have the quality of really. Seeing me, if or I can't, I I don't know how if that term means anything to you, but I feel like they see me, and they I can be who you. I am. Yes, yeah. I can be who I am with them, um, and and um, and that's really important to me. Well, both of them honestly feel like they're coming through with great potential. Um, different, very very different, but. You know, you're you're going to have you you have opportunities and choices here. The, okay. the guy with the crush, honestly, it his energy comes through 
um, just softer and more more uh, as you get to know him and and you sort of get through his shyness. I feel he's a very very nice guy, um, gentle, soft, easy, but but fun, but and not fun. that he. And, and not that he's not as deep as you know the the guy you've known for a while, but the energy just feels so different with you know the guy at a distance. It just feels different, and I okay. feel, I just feel you're more drawn to that energy. To the okay, the one I've known a longer time. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So when you say deep, uh, more serious, you don't mean like bad serious. You just mean like. Because you said he was more serious and intense, and not like a bad serious. No, it feels to me it's just some. Sometimes the connection shows itself to me to be very dynamic, and other times it's very playful or very, um, you know, casual or whatever. This one with with the guy at the, at a distance comes through very strong and very intense. It's it's a powerful connection. It truly is a very very powerful connection. There's nothing negative in what I'm feeling. It's just um, it's strong, it's powerful, and it's intense. You know, okay. connection to me is probably one of the most dynamic connections you could have. Um, intensity could can be good, bad, or indifferent. But what I'm feeling in this relationship comes through in a positive way, in a very positive way. Yeah, I wouldn't put up with it otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Yeah, you must be very motivated for the distance. Um, well, I I definitely feel I deserve <laughs> good things. Well, that's so great. Late, and, I, and I believe good things are headed your way. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this reading so much. It's my first time I've ever spoken with either of you two, and it's been a delight. Oh, same Thank here. You. Keep us posted and let us know okay. if things oh, turn will, out for you. I will do that. And Happy New Year to both of you. Thank you. You too. Happy New Year. Thank you. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to try to squeeze in another call, even though we're almost out of time. Paula, I know we still have a bunch of people in queue. Um, for those who we don't get to your call, please send us your question to um, – to our mailbag, mailbag at ladyfontaine.com. But, Paula, who's our next caller? Um, I have Constance, and she's wondering if she's going to get a job with the airlines, which will allow her to relocate. Okay. Constance. Hi. Hi. How are you? Hi. I'm doing good. How about you, ladies? Good, good, oh, good. good. So you want to know if you're going to be getting a a job with an airline which is going to allow you to relocate yes um the the first part yes i do feel a very strong potential of you getting a job um with an airline but you know the irony is i'm not seeing you wanting to to relocate as quickly and easily as you think you do but but the answer is yes. I do feel, and if you're going to ask me for a time frame, it doesn't feel that it's going to be overnight at all. Um, but I definitely feel, um, I want to say by the end of the first quarter of 2011, um, you will know about the job. Um, it kind of feels to me within three to four weeks after that, you will be hired in uh, working for a for an airline. 
Um, what is it that you do for the airlines? Um, well, I don't work for an airline now. I would like to work for Southwest when they um, merger with Airtran. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're, um, they'll be coming through Knoxville, but I would like to move to either um, Atlanta with my sister or either North Carolina. Mm. Um, and it's interesting. Like I said, I see the I see the opportunity um, sort of manifesting for you, but I'm not seeing the move, um, which is interesting. So I, I don't know what to say about that. Right now, the move isn't showing itself to me, but certainly the job opportunity is. Okay, good. I'll take the opportunity for the job. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, maybe, this is where free so choice comes in. Local. <laughs> right, right. And plus the fact, what I kind of feel is it's going to end up playing out different for you because maybe the opportunity will come and perhaps um, they will require you to be at a you know a totally different place than anywhere you've even considered in the past. And that could be why it's not showing itself yet to me. So, but the opportunity, I do feel, you know, pursue, keep on looking, um, keep on applying for jobs in in that field because I do feel the potential is there for you. All right, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you. you take thank care you. and have a happy new year. Thank you, same to you, Beth. All right, take care. Well, this was a a great, great show. Um, Tonight I want to close and thank all of our listeners and callers. You truly have made this show a success. I mean, this past year, uh, you know, has really been awesome um, with all our listeners and our callers and, of course, my wonderful co-host, Dr. Jean Cirillo. Um, We have an amazing person on the switchboard, Paula Beck, and generally we have two other co-hosts, both Frank Tadaro and Julie Zellman, so we thank um, all of you, and I wish you all a very wonderful, healthy, happy, and prosperous New Year. And thank you again to my co-hosts, Dr. Jean Cirillo, Frank Tadaro, and Julie Zellman. And Happy New Year. I mean, what are you guys doing? I mean, we only have a couple seconds. Do you have plans for New Year's Eve? Oh, yeah, just local, though. You know, like uh, not want to go too far, so just get together with some people. Oh, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was in Times Square for 2000. That was my most exciting one. I always wanted to go there, and I was there for 2000. But uh, since then, I've just done little uh, small parties, not big parties. Yeah, I mean, we're doing a party here at my house, so um, I feel, yeah, I feel good about that. And then... On Sunday, we're having a, um, you know, for for the dog show people, we're having a um, another party. So it's going to be a busy weekend here. But I just want to wish you all a, a wonderful week, and remember to honor yourself, and you'll automatically draw in countless experiences that uh, that honor you as well. Good night, everyone. Hope to see you back here next week, and remember to reclaim you. We're here to honor and support you and provide guidance to help you aspire to all your dreams. Good night, all, and Happy New Year.